Hello, thanks for tuning in. You are listening to Crash, the UK geek podcast, where I talk about the geeky things I've been watching, reading, doing recently. This is episode 280, recorded on Tuesday the 27th of August 2019 at 05.10.13. It's very early today. And I'm doing that because the weather's actually really great and has made me feel a little bit better. I'll get into that a bit later. It cracked 30 degrees yesterday and the day before. And although I often complain about the heat, look what I'm doing. This is a UK podcast, and I'm talking about the weather. Yeah, anyway, yeah, I was complaining about the heat. This is a drier heat. Please no aliens references. So I can actually breathe and not sweat incessantly, which is pleasant. Although being hammered by the heat also makes podcasting a bit difficult. So I thought I'd do the podcast at this really weird hour, very, very early in the morning. It's pleasant and it's still a little warm because of the heat island effect. Thanks very much, built-up suburbia. Yeah, I think this is the ideal time to record. And a few things I noticed recently, very recently in fact, just over the course of the last few days. Gene Wilder died in 2016, and Harlan Ellison died last year. Brilliant comedic actor, and of course the iconic science fiction writer who wrote one of my favourite episodes of Star Trek, The City at the Edge of Forever, although apparently that wasn't one of his favourite stories. I don't think he liked it very much. And I also remember reading a lot of his Dangerous Vision fiction years and years ago. Anyway, the point of this is a belated and possibly repeated R.I.P.'s, because who can keep up? I'm sure I must have mentioned this in a previous podcast, but the podcast has been going for so long now, who can actually tell? And a not R.I.P., thankfully, to Peter Murphy of Bauhaus, who recently had a heart attack, but is alive and relatively well, which is great. He stated on Instagram, Following my recent episode in New York City with my heart attack and being admitted into Lenox Hill Hospital, and seeing myself go through the rigours of intensive care, I am very happy to say that I have made a full recovery, thanks to the superb team of doctors, specialists, nurses, and care staff. I am glad to say that I am up and running again. That's good news. Bauhaus is one of my favourite bands. Although, I think it took me until the late 80s to realise what Bauhaus actually meant. Well, we didn't have the internet back then. And yeah, as I mentioned at the top of the show, the weather, which is splendid, 
is good because I haven't been feeling that great. I really don't know why, but I felt awful over the past few weeks, which is why I haven't podcasted for about three weeks. I had a mild sniffle, not even a cold, and I really still don't have a cold, although I sneeze occasionally, maybe it's pollen, but I feel very tired, as if I do have a cold, and I'm very, very achy. And I've got a little osteoarthritis, age-related, quite normal, but I've been feeling very achy lately, and very ouchy, very eaty, ouch. So I am glad that the weather is very warm and dry. And I'm using the opportunity of the warm weather to get out a bit and walk around and get some exercise. Because that seems to help. Let's move on to what I've been watching. I watched all the way through to the finale of the third season of The Handmaid's Tale. It is tense and dramatic, as you'd expect, but also extremely frustrating, because it leaves June, our protagonist, in exactly the same position as before. The showrunner, or showrunners, or whoever's in charge is really milking the misery, and I'm sick of it. At the end of the final episode... I threw up my hands and shouted, June! I really did that, by the way. That was a dramatic recreation, but I did that. Like the last season of The Walking Dead, this is where I bow out. I've had it. Coincidentally, the sequel to the novel, The Handmaid's Tale... The Testaments will be out very soon, in September. Maybe I'll read that instead. I also watched season two of Mindhunter, which is a drama loosely based on the life of the first FBI serial killer profiler, John Edward Douglas. This season... I thought was more dramatic and delves more deeply into the personal lives of the characters other than the primary nerdy character Holden Ford. And by the way, that name Holden Ford? I'm guessing surely that name is a joke not only related to the Australian car, which is referenced in Season 2, but also Holden Chambers from Blade Runner? Maybe? Perhaps? Sorry for that little journey into trivia. Let's go back to Mindhunter. From what I recall of Season 1, I think I enjoyed Season 2 more, and found it pretty compulsive viewing. I almost box-setted the entire Season 2. The acting is great, particularly the portrayals of the various serial killers that Holden interviews, but also I enjoyed, like I said, 
delving into the background of the personal lives of the other FBI behavioral science unit staff. Man, Anna Tove is really amazing. <laughs> she manages to make us really interested in what seems to be a fairly unsympathetic character. And the other FBI agent, sorry, I can't remember his name offhand, but his family problems seem really dramatic. And I'm wondering whether this was all made up or was this actually based on some true event that happened to some FBI agent? But whatever the case, season two, I think, is worth watching. On to some literature, and the news is that Alan Moore is retiring. The other great bard says he's done with comics. I don't think, though, that this is the last time we will hear from him. Given Alan Moore's prodigious, insane output, I think this really means he's slowing down to a more human pace. I certainly can't see him taking up golf. So, Alan Moore, congratulations on your semi-retirement, and I look forward to what you're going to be writing next. On to music and Metallica's One. Years after listening to Metallica's One, I finally somehow googled my way into finding out what the song was about. And, oh my god, I really wish I hadn't gone down that rabbit hole. And, man, the video, it tells me so much more than what I ever wanted to know about the horribly disturbing anti-war film Johnny Got His Gun. If you're ready to join up, perhaps you should watch that film first. Or watch the Metallica video for their song One, and then Google what it's about. You may change your mind. Let's now move on to tech. And here is update two of my ongoing BT Infinity Saga. Remember the last addendum when I said I plugged the router into the BT master socket after finding out what a BT master socket actually is that was located near the outside door and the signal seemed slightly more stable? I say slightly because every day I still lose Wi-Fi. I know that for a fact because I might be watching something and then I lose the signal via my Roku stick on my TV, or I might be browsing something on my phone, and again, I lose Wi-Fi, and I have also checked my router logs, which confirms everything I'm saying, so BT really don't have a leg to stand on, and as I have now reported this problem twice, and on both occasions, BT said there was a problem outside my property, not inside. The last time they said it was probably at the exchange, and they assigned a repair, so it has been theoretically repaired twice now. I do wonder what, if anything, they have done 
and how they managed to justify such a flaky service. Oh, wait, they are a monopoly. That's how. I am very, very frustrated. As I record the show, it appears that the Wi-Fi is still up, so fingers crossed. And I have been out a bit, so I haven't been constantly monitoring the Wi-Fi service, but I do occasionally, as I said, check the logs. And when I've been out, the Wi-Fi has gone down again. There is something terribly wrong with BT Infinity. Let's move on from that now, because I'm getting really annoyed thinking about it. So I'll talk about another thing that slightly annoys me, and that is dual-band Wi-Fi. Apparently, my phone doesn't have it. I found out that my Honor 9 Lite doesn't support higher speed but shorter distance 5 GHz Wi-Fi. Yes, not all phones do support that band. My phone only supports the slower 2.4 GHz band. I have now separated the Wi-Fi bands on my router. These changes, though, are only tweaks and are unrelated to Wi-Fi unreliability. But while I was on the administration page of my router, which is accessible through your web browser, I thought I might as well optimize the settings. Although I was a techie once, I wasn't that kind of techie, so doing all this stuff was faff squared. I saw other settings related to Wi-Fi, things like leases and DHCP, but I left those alone because I'm not sure what they do. That's a more logical course when you have a device that only works on one band. You might as well separate the bands to optimize throughput. But if your BT Infinity service isn't working anyway, you've got bigger problems. Let's leave BT and Wi-Fi behind, because it's driving me mad, and talk about Amazon satellites. Amazon are trying to outdo their big tech competitors like Facebook and Google with their own satellite internet network. Amazon are planning on launching over 3,000 satellites to bathe even the most remote areas of the Earth with internet access. Before we go singing the praises of the great god Bezos, it's not going to be free. Also, putting up those satellites means a lot of extra junk to add to all the other junk that's already up there, and eventually we're going to need a strategy for cleaning up. In fact, we have needed some sort of plan for years. I think there is a scheme to clean up Earth orbit, and the US have a satellite junk watching project, but Amazon adding 3,000 satellites... I don't know. I think they do have a plan for deorbiting these satellites, but that's an awful lot of stuff. 
if I wasn't so annoyed by Amazon, I would have thought perhaps this is a viable alternative for my terrible BT Infinity service. Oh, look, it's creeping in again. How did that happen? Okay, forget about that. Let's move on. Let's move on to the creative section. I've been watching a lot of Red Dwarf lately, and I found an interesting article in The Guardian. Again, it feels like deja vu, because how could I possibly not mention this in a previous podcast? It's called How We Made Red Dwarf. It's really interesting, and there's a link in the show notes. You can also get your hands on the Red Dwarf scripts, series 1 to 8, which are on a very unofficial fan site called Planet Smeg, and again, the link is in the show notes. And finally, because you know how much I loved tangents and trivia, did you know that Red Dwarf's development stems from an earlier Radio 4 show called... Dave Holland's Space Cadet, and it starred Chris Barry, the actor who played Arnold Rimmer, as a computer. The show was also originally conceived on the back of a beer mat in the same Liverpool pub that they used later in the series as the place where the baby Dave Lister was left in a box under a pool table. I'm sure if you're a dedicated Red Dwarf fan, you already know that. But I thought it worth mentioning. As I'm currently in the milieu of Red Dwarf, please don't kill me for saying milieu. I couldn't resist. I like that word. Milieu. Milieu. And that's it for now. But it does show that I'm back podcasting after a lengthy gap. Three weeks is definitely more than usual, and I do apologise. Hopefully doing this podcast today will re-kickstart me doing more podcasts. And that means you can expect lots of new episodes. And more episodes on Doctor Who. On the ongoing, everlasting, never-ending Doctor Who rewatch. That I'm really enjoying Honestly, most of the time I do, but it does seem like a bit of a trial sometimes. And that's it. This show, Crash, the UK Geek podcast, is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Martha, a writer. Martha is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMartha.com. Further reading, there's a link to the show notes in the description of this episode. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen and recommend it to a friend. Particularly, review the show on iTunes. That really helps a lot. So, please do that. Thank you. This was Crash, episode 280, recorded on... Tuesday, the 27th of August, 2019, and ending at 053502. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye!